the failure to act with sufficient ambition to avert the climate catastrophe will be the greatest moral failure of our time. Making changes takes courage, and if we don't change things, we won't have a future. I'm an environmentalist. A lot of people don't understand that. I think I know more about the environment than most people. You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. Change is coming, whether you like it or not. Zero Carbon East Talk. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbonista Series 2, The Manifesto. I'm Ian Collins. This is now episode 12 on our sometimes controversial journey through the green agenda. If there's a story out there that has an environmental component to it, then you'll find it at some point on this podcast. As I always seem to say, we're doing the work that our politicians should be addressing. Our man in the climate hot seat, and that seat's getting hotter each year, is Dale Vince, the environmentalist and entrepreneur. Dale is the owner, of course, of Ecotricity, the world's first green energy company. He's also the chairman of Forest Green Rovers. Morning, Dale. Yeah, morning, Ian. And we'd be failing uh, like fools, frankly, not to start with this. On the great environmental issue of our time, perhaps the greatest issue facing humanity, Britain was the first major economy in the world, let alone the EU, to place upon our own shoulders a legal obligation to be carbon neutral by 2050. That will require thought and effort and change. So, Del, I mean, that's it, really. This podcast is over. Um, and when we got to episode 12 <laughs> on the second series, um, yeah. there's no more work to be done because Boris Johnson has sorted it all out. Absolutely. Not just one point. He's got 10 points. Swampy Johnson and his, <laughs> and his 10 pointless green plan. Yeah. Yeah. What's he not addressing then? Uh, reality. Everything. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a joke, isn't it? It's four billion of new spending. The other eight has already been promised. It's it's a bunch of stuff that is either already promised or costs the government nothing or achieves nothing. That's how I would, I would sum it up. It's yeah. it's a pile of um, pile of crap. What about the? I mean, the big headline, um, and I know that this shouldn't be the big headline, but. It's that the, the headline that politicians like. They like politicians like something that they that people will write about. And mm-hmm. the minute you mention electric cars, yeah. of course, uh, everybody takes notice because it's tangible. It has a knock-on effect. The man in the street understands it, and Boris wants to go down as the bloke that essentially uh, was responsible for the electric car revolution. Now that's. A, a tiny component, of course, important as it is, it's a tiny component of the wider environmental challenges we face. So there's that. Um, but he has brought the date forward by 10 years. But all he's really doing is is hiding behind uh, the industry itself, which I mean, most car manufacturers have penciled in that date or a sooner date to actually stop making those cars. This is not a bold new direction or instruction from the government. This is just reflecting the writing on the wall. New mm-hmm. cars with combustion engines won't be available by 2030 in any event. It's got nothing to do with this government. It's presentational uh, over over substance, yeah. I would say. And, you know, the, the uh, offshore wind power announcement, that was made two weeks ago. So it's been recycled into this uh, green plan, which, of course, is uh, on message, at least, recycling. Got to love that. But offshore wind also costs the government no money. So there's no financial contribution being made here. There's a, there's a nod to hydrogen. Um, I think a couple of hundred million is going to be spent on that and a couple of hundred million on carbon capture and storage, which is a, a futile sum of money for a completely 
futile concept that, uh, you know, we can keep burning fossil fuels because we can capture the carbon at the exhaust pipe of the power station. I mean, it's, the economics are so challenging to do that, which is why it doesn't exist at scale anywhere in the world. Yeah. What we didn't get is the return of onshore wind, our cheapest form of renewable energy and solar. You know, the uh, the uh, changing of the planning ban on onshore wind it should have been reversed. We didn't get anything for homeowners. So there's still 20% VAT on solar panels, but 5% if you want to burn coal. How does that make any sense? It's just a pile of nothing. You're so cynical now. Uh, uh, it's You're disappointing. So it's disappointing, isn't it? Because, you know, it's like four billion quid. The very next day, the government announces sixteen billion quid for the armed forces. Oh, well, I was about to throw that in. I mean, you know, if you thought the government didn't know how to spend, they certainly do. But that's yeah. when it comes to guns and tanks. <laughs> yeah, and roads. Twenty-seven billion for roads, but we've got four billion for the green industrial revolution. That that won't even fund a party, let alone a revolution. Yeah. What's the one thing if if he could have done one thing that would have meant that the the cynical and skeptical Dale Vince would have come to this microphone this morning and said, "Wow, I've changed my mind about Boris Johnson and his uh, everything about his uh, environmental credentials." What what one thing should he have said that uh, that would have made I've, you think? I've got seriously? a small I've got a small handful of things. Uh, yeah. So he should have banned new fossil fuel power stations right now straight away. That is inexcusable that they still have preference in the planning system over renewable energy. He should have unbanned onshore wind and he should have brought in a package of tax breaks, like just taking away VAT, for example, for home owners that want to install energy efficiency and renewable energy devices. I mean, this is the way to enable and encourage people to to do the things they need to be doing. Just those three things, I would say, you know, yeah. ban fossil fuels, enable onshore wind to come back and start taking taxes off renewable energy and energy efficiency devices, because these are exactly what we need. And you have to assume that those things were on the table. I mean, somebody, you know, this wouldn't be new news. To They must have had these options there. And for some reason, uh, he or his handlers decided this was unpalatable stuff. I'm thinking maybe, uh, you know, somebody in their, their, their kind of dreamy, verdant, several acreage of land being a bit pissed off about the idea of windmills yeah maybe um i was thinking yesterday maybe i should send him a copy of my book and just say look boris uh, have a read of chapter 13 because uh, all, all of the answers are in there actually and there's some super simple stuff to do just take vat off solar panels for example oh my god you know just to level the playing field because at the moment all taxes and subsidies and planning regulations are tilted in favor of fossil fuels and the bad way of doing things and this government every government actually but this one right now has the opportunity to change that okay we're well, talking of other governments uh, is this man going to make the difference <laughs> Nothing gives me more hope for the future than seeing my five grandchildren challenge expectations. They see breakthroughs in technology we can't even yet imagine. But the only way they're going to get a chance to fulfill all that potential is if we take drastic action right now to address the climate disaster facing the nation and our world. So there it is. Uh, Joe Biden. He is the president-elect, despite the fact that the current president says he isn't. But senior Biden advisor set for key role has ties to oil and gas companies, say climate activists. Is Joe Biden going to be good uh, for the climate agenda, Dale, or do you think it will be much reverting to the status quo? Well, 
if the status quo is Donald Trump, then no. Uh, if if you mean the status quo before Donald Trump, um, I guess that's possible, but I hope not, and and I think not. I think he'll be an improvement at least on that. He'll be a massive improvement on Donald Trump. I don't think you know we just don't know. And the fact that somebody has connections to the oil and gas industry doesn't make them a bad person. Doesn't mean they don't get the renewable agenda. I mean BP. Uh, a few weeks ago now, set out a plan to cut oil and gas production by 40% in the next decade. And that's an oil and gas company, not somebody with links to it. So these people are capable of getting what needs to be done. I am positive about it until we see evidence to suggest we shouldn't be. Good work. Uh, Here's a question from Steve on Twitter. I reckon I've persuaded at least 20 mates to listen to this podcast. Do I win a prize? (laughs) I reckon you should. Maybe I'll send you a copy of my book. Yeah. That's, yeah, but then people are going to just start emailing in now saying Pretending, they've done yeah. stuff <laughs> yeah. uh, when they haven't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, James James on Facebook says, Dale, I keep seeing you on TV with a pirate flag behind you. Oh. What is that all about? Yeah, Captain that's in Pugwash. <laughs> that is the flag of Sea Shepherd uh, organization <laughs> that I'm a patron of and big fan of. We did a live event with Captain Paul Watson this week. He's the founder of Sea Shepherd. Uh, I mean, it's just an awesome group of people. I would I would get online and check them out. I mean, they've got a, a small navy of boats. They're active all over the globe fighting poachers, illegal fishermen, and people like that. And they, they have effectively driven the Japanese out of the South Atlantic. They no longer uh, kill whales there because of what these guys have done. They are awesome. Uh, and also this, in a ruling hailed by campaigners as historic, France's top administrative court on Thursday gave the government a three-month deadline to show it is taking climate action to meet its commitments to climate change. Uh, interesting, I suppose you could call it, certainly on the face of it, a victory for, for campaigning. Well, brilliant. I haven't actually seen the detail of that one, but it looks like another example of where the law has to step in and hold politicians to account. It's the same here in Britain. You know, we've got 2050 zero carbon targets. We've signed up to the Paris Accord, but we've got a planning policy that uh, is in favor of fossil fuels and against renewable energy. And we've had to take our government to court to say this is inconsistent with your climate pledges and actually uh, climate law in effect. Um, and uh, and we're winning that fight, but we have to go to court to do it. So it sounds like somebody's done the same thing in France. Fair play. Here's a question from Meg, who says, is there going to be... Oh, in fact, there's... what did I hear there? I Not the bugle, no. It's the book bugle, there it is. Uh, it didn't take long, did it? Uh, Meg says, is there a paperback version of the book coming out? Yeah, that's as I understand it. Penguin have said that from the get-go. I think all books start hardback, don't they? And then end up so. paperback, unless nobody buys them, of course. But yeah. I can't imagine that'll happen. So, yeah, and an audio version. We've been asked that a number of times. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've decided I, I will record an audio version. I will, I will read the book myself, uh, and we'll do that. And on the back of that, many copies, of course, that are out there. You've been signing copies as well. Yeah, I just started uh, pretty much yesterday. I think I signed 50 yesterday. It doesn't take me very long. I've got a very fast signature. Good. Um, and we've got like pre-orders for a few hundred through the FGR shop. With uh, Some of them have got small essays for messages requested. <laughs> that might take yeah. a little bit longer. Um, but we're launching something new today as well. I'm not sure if you know. And it's the uh, diamond ticket idea. Ah, so we talked about this last week. 
Yeah, it launches today. It goes official uh, out onto the web, into the media. And uh, basically, anybody that's bought a copy of the book from anywhere gets a chance to be in the draw and to win a diamond ticket. If you get a diamond ticket, it, what it entitles you to is a diamond, one of the first sky diamonds in the world. That'll be early next year. And if you want it, a tour of the factory. Willy wow. Wonka style. Yeah, so you actually get a tour of the factory. You're going to wear a Manhattan, have a cane and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I noticed somebody described, there was an early review of the book. I don't know if you saw this. It was described as Mad Max meets Laurie Lee. The journalist told me that himself. He said, I haven't quite finished this sentence. I've read the book. I love it. He said, I think it's Mad Max meets Laurie Lee meets. He said, but I haven't filled in the blank yet. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, I'd take that any day of the week. Absolutely. Nothing wrong with that. Um, and story here that climate change, um, sending fewer emails could save the planet. Did you see this? Uh, yeah, I did. I saw the headline and uh, I can understand why. And I get too many emails, actually. I probably deal with about 200 a day. So I'm all oh. for it. It might save me some brain cells as well as a bit of the planet. Is, is it about electricity or something else? It must be about electricity. It must be about the energy used to power data servers and the internet. Yeah, because we're used to not printing out now when you don't have to. I mean, that's just common sense, isn't it? I hate paper. I loathe paper. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think um, it's not actually an inefficient way to communicate email. Uh, you know, I think um, it may be going a little bit too far to say we should stop emailing to save the planet. I think maybe yep. there are bigger targets to shoot at. True. Uh, here's one from Vic on Twitter. Uh, did you just promise Sea Shepherd an electric hovercraft? <laughs> I did. I, I did. Can, just give us some context to this. What's going on? Yeah, well, we were having a chat. I think it was Tuesday this week, might have been Wednesday. I know this, it's been a blur uh, with, with uh, Captain Paul Watson. And I said, actually, you know, we've got this uh, this project on, underway to build an electric hovercraft. And what I'm what I'm going to do is give it to Sea Shepherd UK. I had a chat to the guys early on in the conception of it and said, could you guys actually use a hovercraft? And yeah. they said, absolutely, because, you know, they have some unique abilities to uh, obviously go from water to land and, and vice versa. So um, we found a hovercraft company that makes a coastal hovercraft. So it's a two-seater. It can carry about a third of a ton. It's all rigged up for proper coastal work with lights and nav and stuff like that, proper seagoing job. And uh, we're going to electrify it and um, probably paint it black with a skull and crossbone, you know, Sea Shepherd style, sure. and, and give it to our friends in Sea Shepherd UK. Fantastic. And a, a final point, Dale, we're going on the telly, me and Are you. Are we? What, the digital TV, uh, ah. Facebook, uh, on Monday. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Well, you, said that like you, didn't, you said that like you didn't know. That's that's worried me even more. I was thinking this is like Anton Deck is kind of the, the green version of Anton Deck. Um, and my partner in crime doesn't even know about it. <laughs> I got a habit of only looking at what's in the in the diary for the day I'm waking up in. That's so what, here's the yeah. Well, here's the information that your handlers have sent me. <laughs> uh, it says you are both. It's like an instruction from some crystal maze type quiz. You are both taking to Facebook Live on Monday night for a bit of a live episode. Who knows how it'll go? But you yeah. can expect lots of book chat. All right. Well, that sounds good. We don't even know who wrote that. It just appeared here. No, I'm going to I'm going to guess it was Will, but it's got his paw prints over it, hasn't it? Yeah, really? Yeah. You know yeah. The, the the lack of information and things like that. That's all <laughs> <laughs> well, we need is a technical frap up now, and it'll be uh, <laughs> exactly. It'll be so Facebook Live Monday evening, a live episode. What are we going to do on this? 
I don't know. We're going to have to talk about stuff, I guess. It'll be a bit like this, I guess. I don't really but know. But a, a kind of visual version of this. Yeah. Ooh. Slightly worrying, isn't it? Well, so, I'll, have, I'll have to, I don't know, have a shave or something. Yeah. You can't do it in your pajamas either. <laughs> I'll have to get out of bed. <laughs> yeah, that was never in the uh, in the plans, was it, when we started this? You've got to, you've got to do it out of bed? Wow. Um uh, fantastic. So we're going to talk on Monday night then, uh, Dale. That'll yeah. be the next time we speak. And then, of course, back on the podcast in a week. Yeah, fab. I'm looking forward to it. And that's it for this episode. Don't forget, of course, you can subscribe for free from your podcast provider so that you get each new episode automatically. Do leave a review. Uh, if you want to get in touch, you can email your comments as well. Zero Carbonista at ecotricity.co.uk. The really important bits to follow Dale on social media, twitter.com slash Dale Vince or facebook.com slash Dale Vince. Don't forget Monday night, Facebook Live, and we're back on the podcast in a week. Zero Carbon East of.